If you're looking for a romantic beach read, pick up best-selling author Courtney Walsh's new Nantucket love story, Is It Any Wonder? Twelve years ago, Cody Boggs and Louisa Chambers made a pact that no matter where their lives took them, they'd return to Nantucket Island on July 30th, their shared golden birthday, and continue the tradition of exchanging birthday wishes. But that was before a tragic accident upended both of their lives and pulled apart their friendship. Their worlds collide just months before Cody and Louisa's 30th birthday when Louisa's event planning company is hired by the local Coast Guard station. There, she discovers Cody has recently returned to the island as second-in-command. As they reluctantly plan a regatta fundraiser together, neither can deny the fireworks each encounter ignites, but working together also brings up memories of the day Cody's father died, revealing secrets that have Cody and Louisa questioning everything they thought they knew about their families and felt about each other. Is It Any Wonder by Courtney Walsh is available wherever books or ebooks are sold, or visit Tyndale.com. That's T-Y-N-D-A-L-E dot com for more information about this Christian contemporary romance. Is It Any Wonder by Courtney Walsh, available now. Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Nora Latkins. And I'm Valerie Comer. Joining us today is Lee Tobin McLean. Lee Tobin McLean is the best-selling author of more than 30 emotional small-town romances described by Publishers Weekly as enthralling, intense, and heartfelt. A dog lover and proud mom, she often includes kids and animals in her books. Lee grew up in Ohio and now lives in western Pennsylvania, where she teaches creative writing in Seton Hill University's MFA program. When she's not reading or writing, she enjoys hiking with her goofy golden doodle, chatting online with her writer friends, and admiring her daughter's mastery of the latest TikTok dances. Thanks, Lee, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Um, I happen to notice that you put dog lover first before proud mom. Is your daughter okay with that with that order of things? Well, the only the only way that works is that my daughter would never listen to a podcast <laughs> okay. uh, that Phew. I was in. So we're all okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I almost rearranged it for you. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel I like should, your daughter should. should come first. She Although Nash is amazing. So I mean, you know. He is amazing, but I got to say my daughter is slightly more amazing. Well, yes, yes. All right, that's fair. The dog might also be bigger than your daughter. (laughs) He's pretty big. He's a big dog. He has his own Instagram. If you want to find Nash the Golden Doodle, Um, he's he's fun. So, um, so, let's say it again. Sorry. Fun for me anyway. (laughs) I enjoy it. My Instagram is mostly dogs. It's like dogs and like Ireland and Scotland. That's what I follow. And then a few writers, but mostly dogs. <laughs> All right. So um, since it is April and Easter is right around the corner, we're going to be talking about books with Easter in them. And um, I don't see a whole lot of books with Easter in them. Or certainly not with like an Easter theme, I think. And I've always thought that we should have those like we do Christmas books. Like every year we should, we all look forward to Christmas books. And I feel like we ought to also all look forward to like this big influx of Easter themed books. Um, Why do you suppose that we don't have that happening? Uh, Lee, you want to go first? Have you thought about that at all? Sure, I I gave that some thought and because I love Easter books and I love Christmas books, but two reasons pretty quickly came into my mind. And one is that 
we have so many shared traditions around Christmas, you know, from in, in many parts of the country, sled riding, then, then the cookie baking and the Christmas tree and the carols and the various church services and Advent and so many things that we, we can write and incorporate into our books. And many of them are very heartwarming things to include. Easter, we have what, egg hunts? coloring eggs. I mean, some communities do pretty nice Easter parades, but there's not the multiple shared traditions that we have at Christmas. The other thing though is Christmas is about Jesus being born and Easter is about Jesus being crucified and resurrected. Yeah. But if you're thinking about Jesus, a baby born versus brutal execution, which <laughs> one goes better with uh, you know, happy romance. And I just, I think it's hard to incorporate the heavier side of Easter into a romance, though it can be done. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Narelle, what about you? Well, I think it's, I think there's a bit of culture that comes into this. So I've actually was in Oregon in 2016 over Easter. And I was shocked because Good Friday is just a normal day in when I was like the shops are open people just go about their lives in Australia we have four days of holidays most I know all the eastern seaboard states have public holidays all the way through from good friday to easter monday and good friday you go to church I mean that's if you're a christian you go to church because that's what you do it's the one day that pretty much the entire country is closed um so that was something really interesting to see that good friday church is at night it's not in the morning like I'm used to. Um, I grew up with the Royal Easter show in Sydney, which was a really big deal. And once, I think before Easter became school holidays, it used to be an Easter Tuesday. So we'd have five days off school and we'd go to the show. So that was when the country came to the city. And um, I just, I think you're right in terms of shared traditions. I think it's, people are quite happy to talk about this cute little baby Jesus that's arrived, but talking about death, I think, is it's like talking about taxes. People just don't want to talk about it and not want to focus on it. And so it's probably hasn't got that sort of touchy feely happy um, thing for a lot of people that are outside the Christian faith as well. I mean, Christmas is very cultural for a lot of people. They're not necessarily religious, but they'll go along with celebrating Christmas. So that's probably my thoughts on it. I'd like to see more of Easter because I think it'd be good for Easter to be more prominent in CCR and in Christian fiction in general. All right, cool. Valerie, what, did, what about you? What do you think? I was thinking about that whole Advent season. And um, so we've got like five weeks or so of um, looking forward to Christmas, right? So we've got the, the, the week of joy and the week of love and the week of peace and, and all this and, and everything is very... Um, structured that way if you're in in a Christian church I mean secular they I guess maybe eat candies every day right out of their little advent calendar, calendar sure. mm -hmm. but uh and then I thought oh wait we have that for Easter too it's called Lent <laughs> yes uh, it's not quite the same it's more about denying yourself instead of indulging yourself and and we're not real um we're not real fond of um, denying ourselves. True. And, 
and and then yeah, what Lee said about um, it's so fun to ooh and ah over a precious newborn baby, but to think of somebody dying the most horrible death, <laughs> like we know as believers that that we couldn't have everlasting life if there wasn't Easter, if Jesus hadn't died and and was raised again. But it's not romantic in the same way. Um, yeah. My, my pastor has been preaching through Lent uh, on lament and love. And I think we're also just um, uncomfortable with the whole thinking about sadness, thinking about hard things. We don't like to think about hard things. I don't anyways. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I hit most of those things. The one that stuck out to me when I was thinking about it um, is that and Narelle touched on it some, uh, is that there's less of a cultural aspect to Easter that's just adopted across the board. Like it's spring break. And, and so often people will associate spring break with, with Easter, but that's not necessarily tied into Easter so much as it is spring. Um, you've got like the Easter bunny and egg hunts, but it's not, if even still, most people, if you didn't grow up in the church, Easter's just another day. Um, it's as opposed to Christmas, if you didn't grow up in the church, chances are high that you still celebrate Christmas in, in some, you know, you have a tree and you get candy canes and gifts and, you know, you do all the trappings, you have Santa Claus, um, yeah. <clears throat> there's no trappings to have a cultural Easter because Easter, you know, they try like with Peter, Peter Rabbit, right? Um, I don't even think it's Peter Rabbit, it's Peter Cottontail, right? Sorry, it's the, <laughs> the other one. Um, <clears throat> they try with the bunny thing, but then it becomes just sort of spring themed and it's not even, so yeah, I think that probably is part of it. Um, and then I also, it's interesting, Valerie, when you were talking about Advent versus Lent, growing up in non-liturgical churches, um, I grew up in non-liturgical churches oh, um, and we celebrated Advent for sure, but we did not celebrate Lent um, in like in any sort of way. Lent was what the Episcopalians and the Catholics celebrated. So it was very specific to two, denom you know, to two denominations as opposed to, I mean, like now I do Lenten stuff with the boys because I think Lent is so important. Um, but I feel like a lot of the Protestant church has lost that idea of Lent, whereas they have kept Advent. So again, Easter is Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And so you don't have Maundy Thursday and all of, you know, like the whole Easter week um, kind of thing. We've, yeah, we've I, I agree that. that I, but I'm seeing it more, I think, in non-liturgical churches. I think it's making a bit of a comeback yeah. as, as I don't know whether denomination-wide or specific pastors perhaps are looking at it and going, why, why aren't we preparing? It's what, it's all it is, is mm -hmm. it's preparing for Easter, right? So um, it makes really good sense to yep. be yep. aware of Lent. Yep. Yeah. 
And in terms of when we were in Oregon at Easter, we went to the shops looking for Easter eggs. And I think my kids nearly cried. They were just so sad because in Australia, Easter is like Christmas. Mm -hmm. There are Easter eggs everywhere. Hot cross buns, they start in January. As soon as Christmas is done, the hot cross buns are in the stores. Like, um, and we have, Easter is really big from a sort of a shopping commercial Mm -hmm. aspect in Australia. Like, you, you can't miss Easter eggs. You can't miss the fact it's Easter if you go to the shops. There's always a section somewhere. And it was this tiny little section and there were hardly any eggs. There were a few bunnies. And my kids were just so sad. They thought, you guys are missing out. You don't have Easter like we know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I was in Spain one year at Easter. I didn't realise what a big deal. I mean, obviously my, in my faith, Easter is a big deal, but in culturally, it's not so much. You're right, Narelle. And so in Spain, everything shut down and there were huge processions and people, you know, walking on their knees penitentially, you know, following the cross and intense, intense uh, pageantry with Easter. Mm. That was, again, something else than anything that we've talked about, which I guess speaks to traditions aren't as shared. Yeah. 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 All right. So just because there aren't many doesn't mean there aren't any. So um, we're going to talk about the books that we did find that have um, an Easter either theme or that time of year is significant to the plot. Um, So it's not just books that happen to be at spring. You know, we need at least a mention of Easter in there. Um, And we're going to start with Lee because Lee actually has a book called A Family for Easter. So, you know, good on you. You got it in the title. (laughs) Um, Give her the easy one. Yeah, I'm giving her her own book, the easy one. Um, So tell us a little bit about that book. And then actually, if you had others that you looked up, you can talk about them too. Okay, well, um, when you said good on me for having that in my title, it's actually good on Harlequin for having it in the title. And that's kind of what I was thinking about with this question was Harlequin Love Inspired is where I found the most Easter titles. And why is that? It's because Harlequin does all kind of surveys and focus groups to find out what is it that readers want. And readers want holidays. They love holidays. And so Harlequin, catering to what the reader wants, tries to put Easter in titles. So my book, A Family for Easter, is about Easter, but it's also about all these other things like body image and prejudice and mother-daughter relationships. And those things just don't lend themselves to a cute title in the same way that Easter does. And so it's not like a family for the woman who feels too big and tall and not good about her body. That doesn't have the ring of a family for Easter. So harder, harder to fit on the cover too. Exactly. So that's part of it. You know, I can't claim that the whole book is about Easter. It does have decorating. It has an Easter egg hunt. And the first kiss is at the Easter egg hunt, observed by Easter bunny. It does have a giant Easter bunny. And um, the two people involved have six kids between them, the hero and heroine. And so there's a lot of that kind of Easter play type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's also one um, sort of serious discussion of the Lenten devotional that she's been reading. 
and he asks her what she's been doing. She talks about it. This is important to her because she's widowed from a man who didn't ever like to talk about the deep stuff. He liked to have his family sitting beside him in a row in church, but not to ever hear her ideas or thoughts about death and resurrection. But Eduardo, our hero, does, and he respects her opinions and he has his own opinions. They have a great uh, compatibility in their faith. And so Easter is there, but I kind of think all my books are a little bit about redemption and letting go of the past and forgiving yourself and forgiving others and moving into the future and new life. So it's kind of like all of our books, I think, have some uh, some Easter in them. All inspirational sure. fiction tends to have some of that. So yeah. I, I did find another love-inspired book by a writer I love, Janet Tronsted, mm -hmm. and she writes mm -hmm. the Dry Creek series. That I, uh, probably everybody's read at least one Dry Creek book. There's like yeah. plenty of them, mm -hmm. uh, but Easter in Dry Creek is really good, and it has a more in-depth portrayal of the holiday than I did. It's they, the town has this tradition of forcing daffodils to bloom on Easter morning and then they put the daffodils on the same side of the church as the cemetery and then they have their sunrise service over there so that they can share with their departed loved ones the message that Christ has conquered death and you know so it's really integrated into the plot and the theme and the setting of the story. So I want to hold that up as a great example of an Easter book from Love Inspired, Easter in Dry Creek by Janet Tronstead. Love it. I think maybe you're downplaying a family for Easter too much. <laughs> uh, I have recently read this book for the second time. I skimmed through it in the last couple of days because I wanted to remember what it was. And I did a little screenshot of a few words. The cheerful blooms along her front sidewalk sent their fragrance to them on a warm breeze and Fiona tried to take in their message. Rebirth, redemption, life springing forth from cold frozen ground. I thought, I thought that was really beautiful. Mm. And so I screenshot it. <laughs> you got Easter in there, Lee. You did. Got Easter. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. All right, Valerie. Um, Actually, not Valerie. Narell. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, Lee's reminded me of the. I, I read that Janet Tronstead book, and I'm thinking I remember reading one that had daffodils in it. So now, so that's good. Now we know what book it is that I can't remember reading that had Easter, <laughs> and I really enjoyed that one. And I was going to reread Lee's Easter book, and then I started looking at the books for hers I had in my catalog, and then I found the Baby Bond again, and then I started reading that again and couldn't put it down, and so that's threw all my research out the window. So <laughs> I'm not mad at you about that. No. Yeah, that was a favorite one. That's a stranded in Colorado in the mountains. Anyway, I'm not going to distract us. Um, so the book that I had was thinking of, there's, there's two books. The first one is biblical fiction, which I know we're not usually talking about, but my all-time favorite Easter book is A Stray Drop of Blood by Rosanna M. White. And that was her debut book. And I read an advanced reader copy of that many years ago when the International Christian Fiction Writers blog first started. So I think we're going back to about 2009, maybe 2010, long time ago. And I'll reread that book every so often because it's a, a really compelling, gripping biblical retelling of, um, of Jesus's death and resurrection and Easter. So I think for Easter, you can't 
ignore the fact that there's some great biblical fiction out there as well. Yeah. So that just sidetracked us completely. Um, but in terms of um, looking at CCR, it's Elizabeth Madry's book, um, Hope for Freedom with Indigo in it. So Indigo becomes a Christian during the story. And the fact that the story happens around Easter is actually very important to that. So, and I really love the way that she came to faith. It was really beautiful and, and really natural. And you could, yeah, I just really, I just really enjoyed that book and the way that the Easter theme was um, woven into it. Because at Hope Ranch, where they, where they live and where yes. that series takes place, they have some Easter traditions. They do. And uh, so yeah. those are, are, I think, in more than one book. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, it's in yeah, multiple, of, yeah, multiple of the books. Beautiful. Um, honestly, because I do remember thinking the first one ended up, you know, sort of hitting Easter accidentally. But then I was like, there's never enough Easter. So I'm going to try and make sure that we get to Easter. Um, so that was a little purposeful. Valerie, what about you? What's what's your choice? Uh, the other one that um, I had read a while back and did a little skimming of again this week is Marilee Wren's book, uh, Match to Call Ours. Mm -hmm. And the, the single dad in this um, book had suffered from a not very nice congregation who had um, kind of repelled him at a point when he really needed to be embraced and not pushed away. And so he is very anti-church. His new nanny for his twin girls is, uh, is a believer and she takes the girls to church every week. And then through all the things that happen in a good story, so I'm not gonna give any spoilers, at the very end, the last couple chapters, it's Easter and the nanny isn't there, but the girls have been looking forward to this so much. And so Parker um, winds up taking the girls to the Sunday, um, Sunday, Easter Sunday morning church and making his way back to God. So it's, uh, it's beautiful in that, um, that there is some redemption and the, the Easter story is a big part of what draws him back. So um, that's one, again, like a lot of, like you were saying, most books aren't Easter themed from beginning to end the way we have Christmas books that just embrace the Advent and Christmas season and that's it. Mm -hmm. But um, but that's one that where the Easter plays a, a, a good role in the end. Excellent. Cool. So um, I chose, we've, we've hit, I, I had chosen Lee's book and then I let her talk about it because I'm nice that way. So I want a point for that. But um, <laughs> I also chose, um, and I'm sort of surprised that Valerie didn't choose her own book, Dancing at Daybreak. Um, Sometimes you talk about other people's books. No, often you talk about other people's books, but usually when I have your books down, you also have that same book down and I have to fight you for it. So um, I might have it down. <laughs> okay. You didn't give me round three. Okay. Phew. Um, so Dancing at Daybreak, um, Dixie is um, not a believer and is just uh, on 
horrible path of destruction uh, and rebellion. And Easter absolutely factors into her realization of what Jesus wants for her and, and his call to her to come um, to come to him. And I, listening to this conversation and thinking about this book, I wonder if sometimes we have fewer Easter books that are really heavily Easter themed because we feel like they get um, not just too heavy, but too spiritual. Um, because, you know, I think if you're theme something with a Easter theme, you probably have to have a salvation story woven in a little more heavily um, as part of it. Uh, be, because you are focusing a lot on what Christ did for you on the cross. <laughs> um, and so I wonder if maybe that's why people shy away a little bit is because they don't want to be perceived as preachy. Um, because I know that that is something that CCR writers really struggle with is, is that perception of preachiness. Anyway, I don't know. You don't have to answer, but I'm going um, to though. I'm going you're to. You're going to. Okay. <laughs> Because I can see that in Dancing at Daybreak. I can see that in Marilee's book. Um, I can see that in Hope for Freedom. But I don't see it so much in Lee's book. No. Because both of them are believers. I mean, this always, we can always grow. And, and we should be. Where there's life, there should be growth, right? But so they're not perfect. But they are both pretty solid believers. Lee, what do you what do you want to say? Well, in terms of that question, I was actually thinking about how in because I, I also write romances for a, a secular market, sort of. I mean, I, I squeeze as much faith into them as I can, but um, they're not inspirational per se. And I'm never in or told to write an Easter romance like that would almost be difficult to squeeze in although I'm doing it I'm doing it in the book I'm writing now because of this podcast <laughs> but um it, you know think about all the Christmas books that are completely unrelated untied from Christianity really like you know the Mrs. Miracle and all that kind of you know it, I mean there's dozens and I'm always encouraged to write Christmas books, mm -hmm. but you know, not so much, not so much the Easter ones. And it's the fear of preachiness, maybe. Yeah. Interesting. So something to ponder for sure. <laughs> um, we probably are hitting close to our time. So um, anybody have one that they're just burning to mention? No, I'm good. No. No, we're good. I'm okay. good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, then Lee, would you tell us all where we can find you and your books? Well, sure. You can find me at my website, which is www.leetobinmclean.com. And I also have a Facebook page uh, and Instagram. And again, you can just look up my name and find those easily, as well as my dogs, Nash, the golden beetle, <laughs> if you're interested in his Instagram as well. Which you are. You totally are because Nash is just adorable. Um, and sometimes we get to see Lee in there as well. <laughs> Only. Very good. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us. This was fun. Thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you guys.
All right. So thank you everyone for joining us today at Story Chats. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe and hit the little notification bell so you never miss an episode. And um, you can find everything you need to know about the podcast at inspiromance.com slash story chats. And we hope we'll see you next week. In the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye, everyone.